I beg you, don't open a second practice or a third or fourth until you can leave your existing practice for three months and come back and everything's still running. And the reason I, I say that is it implies that the systems and procedures and the people are all strong enough. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo, and I am honored to have a very special guest with me today, Dr. Alan Miner. Dr. Alan, it's so great to be together today. Great to be here, Pete. Thanks for having me, brother. I'll tell you what, you know, we're going to have a great conversation and I'm so glad that people get to listen in today to this module or episode of this podcast, which we've spent a lot of time, Alan, on this podcast talking about team and the importance of, you know, getting the team right. And in our last episode, actually, we went through the four rights of the team and how the four things you've got to get right to solve the team problem, which again, we talk about how 90% of our problems are people problems. So we say that then 90% of your solutions are found on your accountability chart, right? So that's where you're going to find and discover the solutions. And today, we're going to get a little analytical, I think, in our discussion about how do you determine, you know, who is the right person and where do they belong on the team? And this is something that, Alan, that you've spent years and you're studying and you're helping, you know, doctors around the globe be able to do this through your company, Cairo Matchmaker. So I'm excited to dig into this. Last week, we talked about, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to it because it'll actually pair really well with what we're going to dig into today, which is the four rights and the questions that the CEO you answer when you think about your team. You, you answer these questions. Who's the right person? What's the right position? What's the right work? And what's the right way to do it? And when you answer those questions, you can get the right person in the right role, doing the right work, doing it the right way. That's when you win. That's when you start to feel that momentum in your business. And if you could do that one position after another, and you can repeat that process successfully, now you've created a remarkable business. That's what we're interested in. Remember, it's about creating a business means it's scalable, it's durable, and it's transferable. And we know that that's going to be a direct reflection of the team that you build. So Alan, this is a, a passion you have. Before we get into that, I want to hear just a little bit of kind of your story where how team building became such a, a passion for you. Usually passions from my experience come from pain and also things that you really enjoy doing, but also we, we learn sometimes through scar tissue. So yeah, bring us a little bit up speed of why, why this is a passion that you have working with team, helping people build these remarkable teams before we dig in. I sucked at it <laughs> is the quick answer. But you know, something I realized early on, Pete, was I don't really believe you can motivate people. You can for short periods of time, you can inspire them, which we've all seen when you take a team to a conference and everybody vibrates high for a week or so. But if there's not real systems and meat that are being implemented on the backside of that, of that conference or, or that moment or that speech or that YouTube video or that whatever it is, I found motivation was very hard to sustain with my team. And so the other thing that I'll say in that is I found I was really good. I was great, in fact, at overselling the potential of what a job could be. And so I kind of from the get-go would set people up 
for failure. And I, I'd excite them for the potential of, and let's just take associate doctors, you know, look at this doc, if you do this and you build this and you'll make this much and this will be your life. And they'd be really excited about it for a little while, but that would wear off. And all of a sudden then I'm in this feedback loop where I'm constantly trying to motivate people. And I just began to recognize that the people that were, you just checked all the boxes you just said, they were the right person doing the right work in my mind, meaning they were really built for that. You know, it's their strengths. It's their wheelhouse. It's what they love to do. It's purposeful. All of a sudden, you didn't have to motivate those people. You know, they, they were excited to come in and do the work because it was fulfilling to them. And that was something I started to just notice as I would turn over, you know, we were opening other practices and some were doing great and some were just catastrophes and failing and trying to figure out why is this working? Why is this not? And that was really what led to this work. So I started I, through some friends who worked in very big companies and one in particular, which is maybe a little incongruent with chiropractic, but he ran a, he was a COO of a multi-billion dollar global tobacco company. He was based, I'm in Albuquerque. Uh, his wife's from Albuquerque, but he, they were based out of uh, Switzerland and so he would travel the world and put together these little pods and teams, sales teams, warehouse teams that distributed their products around the world. And so he had to figure out how to build these little teams that could really execute on a high level for this billion dollar company. And so long story short is they got tired. They had a young family. They got tired of him being around traveling all the time. So they decided to come back to Albuquerque and, you know, he had a seven figure job. There's not too many of those in Albuquerque, probably unless you're starting business for yourself. So he was just kind of bored. You know, like everybody on the line, I'd heard of DISC and Myers-Briggs and Colby and Strength Finders. And, you know, there's lots of these assessments out there and they're interesting. I, I you know, used different ones here and there and dabbled in them. But he still had the license from this billion dollar tobacco company in out of sheer boredom. He's like, hey, let me do what I did there in your offices. So he spent a couple of weeks kind of coming in and out of the offices, measuring stuff. And I didn't ask for it. I was like, that's cool. Thanks, you know, Brian, I appreciate it. And at the end of it, he gave me this report, Pete. It was really detailed, like on each office, the culture of the office, the dynamics of the office, each person, each personality, and literally kind of wrote out, here's what I expect to see in this office in the next six months, year, two years, based on who you having doing the work in the different roles. And again, at the time, I didn't ask for it. So I went, wow, that is impressive. And I, I skimmed it. Being not a high detail person, I didn't study it. But I went, oh, that's, you know, I got the essence of it. And I put it in my drawer. And I just went on with whatever we were focused on. Probably in my case, it was always front door, front door marketing, marketing. And I hadn't really lived the pain of, that's the easy stuff. It's stability of the team, the training, the systems, the re-signs, keeping people in. That's the gold of the TRP system. Again, I just hadn't learned that out of pain yet. So about six months later, we had two docs for various reasons leave at the same time. So, and here's always my warning, Pete, to docs who want to do other practices. I beg you, don't open a second practice or a third or fourth until you can leave your existing practice for three months and come back and everything's still running. And the reason I, I say that is it implies that the systems and procedures and the people are all strong enough that you do not need to be in that practice. And all too often docs get it where they can get out of the practice a couple days, but that practice is still dependent on them. 
you know, they're still adjusting the volume of people. They're doing a lot of the conversions. And when you do that and go open a second practice, you have exposed yourself in more ways, trust from our scar tissue. And what happened was I did that. So now I have this practice that's our cash cow. And I've got these other two practices that just are imploding and we'd sent patients to them and the doctors left for various reasons. And now I'm scrambling to find docs and I'm using my income from my one practice to cover the shortages on the other. And I'm trying to cover these patients and it's a bad experience for everybody. And it was really a nightmare that had I understand what we're talking about today with the people part of this, first of all, and second of all, if my practice would have been able to, the, the original one could have run without me for three months, I would have had the bandwidth to go into those practices and help out when the doc left A and B, my practice wouldn't have ran for three months without me. It would have imploded. So I would have had a signal that, Hey, we're not ready to be opening these other practices. We might think we're killing it with our systems, but they're dependent on, and you know, again, that's why I love the CEO program because you guys are educating doctors about this. And that's always, you know, doctors always cringe when I say three months, but that really, you know, until you pass that test and you come back in in three months and revenues right where it should be or growing new patients. Now you have got a model that you can start to truly scale. So anyhow, that was, that's a little bit of my background. We have clinics today in New Mexico and in Dallas, Texas. And, you know, we're just plodding along, opening them when we find the right people. And uh, we, we did that where we accelerated opening them just because it was exciting to see how many clinics we had. The pain of the backside of that is, is just far too real and uh, really costly. And it's not helping our profession because I hate to admit it, Pete, but the truth is I was perpetuating that horrible martyr syndrome associate doctor experience for these docs that were coming on because we were not ready. So that's the heart of it. And that's the background. And we can get into our, what are we measuring? How are we looking at things today to build these teams and not in satellites, but also just under your one practice. And, you know, I, one of my biggest regrets, Pete, which is worth sharing is I sold my first big practice for, I thought a really big numbers, $1.2 million. And as a chiropractor, I had friends in real estate that were you know, they get these big pops and it was, it was appealing. The problem was I didn't recognize how important steady cash flow is. And I really had forgotten all the years of screenings and talks and tick in the, probably the five or seven years that I just poured into building this thing. So now I probably sold it around the 13 year mark. I'd forgotten about that. And, and I'd gotten used to the volume and you know the stability of that business and the cash flow of that business. So looking back, had I had these systems right, you know, I would have this thirty, forty thousand dollar a month cash cow many years later still throwing off that money. I'd much rather have that stability and time freedom I could have implemented than having sold it. So again, that's kind of the background where all this came out of. And I was, I think, starting to solve these challenges when I got to talking with Stephen Franson. And we were friends from an old coaching program when we were growing our practices and had just lost connection. And and he was having these conversations regularly with his clients. And when he heard what we were doing to solve these people issues, He's like, time out. There is, we've got to figure this out because the profession is going to depend on it. My client's success is going to depend on it. And so I really was not, you know, I'm very content running our practices. I wasn't looking to get into this business by any means, but it was one of those that really felt like a, a God calling. And, and we know that we had a service and a purpose that our profession had never used that, like I outlined earlier, a lot of other professions have seen these tools, they've used them. 
chiropractors sort of know the, this one level of them available, but there's this whole other world we'll get into explaining today that really will change your life when you hire. That's the background. So good. I think you dropped the mic a few times today. I think one of the things that I think all of us needed to hear, all, all the CEOs listening, number one is unless you can leave your practice for three months and come back and everything is still humming and going well and you're profitable and everybody's still working there and patients are still coming in. Everybody's happy. You know, you don't really have any business really in expanding and and going beyond the current business you have. And so that's a standard right there. I I think you set the, set the bar high there, Alan, but I think like you said, unfortunately, there's a lot of casualties along the way if we don't. And one of the casualties is you, it could be your family, your own marriage, your own health. A lot of times it's the casualties of your great team who you have, just they've not, they haven't been brought into the position, trained and have the systems and the processes so that they can thrive. So they end up carrying that burden and, and then they're unequally yoked and then they're struggling and then they end up leaving because they burn out. And, you know, there's, so there's a lot of symptoms downstream from this upstream issue. And so I love how Brian was a part of your story that a lot of times, you know, we have these people come into our lives who come in for a reason. We don't really know why. And at the time you were Hey, you know, this is cool. Nice. I like it. This is awesome. And then, you know, put it on the file it away. Let's keep going. And it comes back. So bring us to that, like bring us full circle, because I think what Brian did with you actually influences what you're doing now. And then I'd like to dig into right now, what you guys are doing like with CMM. And and I can speak to this because as a coach, I work with a lot of doctors, clients of mine who I've actually referred to CMM because they're looking for either an associate DC or a CA. And I've tried it on my own. We all probably have putting ads out, Indeed ads. I mean, all the things, going to the Cairo schools and trying to find Cairos. And hey, sometimes, you know, you get fortunate, you get blessed and you find somebody and it's an A player and you're like, wow, amazing. But more often than not, it's not that, right? And so I want you to share with our listeners what it is that you've discovered that's working actually because it's working and I can speak to it from my side because I have evidence from the docs that I get to work with and I get to see the insides of their practice because that's part of our relationship, right? So yeah, so bring us full circle to the Brian story and then into now what you guys are now doing. Yeah, thank you. I didn't close that loop. Bottom line is when those docs left, I went back and remembered that report and I read it and I've never been to a fortune teller or a palm teller, but I'd imagine it was like what that experience was. He literally like put time frames on, like, I think this doc will be with you about six months. <laughs> this one, I think long-term 10 years, this one, you've got about four to maybe six month range. I mean, he just, you know, this CA has this focus and I just, I went, wow, I didn't I, like, I could have just saved myself. Literally, the cost was $300,000 for shuttering one of those practices in annual revenue that we poached from the big practice over. It was a $600,000 mistake, not sitting down. And then, you know, we get this all the time with matchmakers. Our analogy is we all know as chiropractors, the worst place you could ever make a healthcare decision is in the emergency room. You know, you're trying to, you're literal fight or flight survival mode, and you're trying to decide what to do. And and we all know that's the last place you want to make a healthcare decision. That needs to happen when you're not in that place. And the same thing happens with hiring. So let's just start there. If you're having to scramble to replace somebody because they gave you two weeks notice or didn't show up to work today or something, that's already evidence that this has not gone right for you. And there's a better way to do that. I think some of the favorite words I hear over at TRP oftentimes is scalable and reproducible. And 
scalable is interesting because we've all gotten blessed with those A players that just are the angels that come into our world. And I think as chiropractors, then we have a funny way of going, well, why wouldn't that always happen? But yet we know logically, and I'm trying to think of a good analogy, Pete, of just, you know, I think most at this level of the people who are interested in being CEOs, you understand that you can't be all things and you can go kind of learn something and get okay at it. But, you know, we all know about 10,000 hours. And that's why most of the people on this call are sitting where they're at interested in this topic, because you've put in those hours, you've got the expertise in building a practice, and now you're trying to further sharpen your sword and your skill set so you can take it to the next level. Hiring is not that, you know, it's, I don't know what the analogy is. It's like me trying to learn a new hobby, or if I wanted to go paint today, I've never had any training. I, I could figure something out, but it's a long cry from what an expert would do who spent a lot of their life. And so that's maybe the simplest level. It's interesting to me, and this again, doesn't happen with this group often, but you just, most of the people realize where your skills and talents are and where you earn your money. And it's not, even though the team is so important, if you haven't put in the time and years of experience and learning how to measure people, assess people, you're shooting from the hip and you are going off of a gut feeling. And that's the challenge with interviewing is you get emotional. Most chiropractors are more feeling-based. Very few chiropractors are very analytical. There's some out there. But so right away, if we like somebody, you know, we start looking past all the potential pitfalls. So don't fall into the mistake of thinking because you've done it right a few times. You know, if we're talking about scaling, that means you've got to do this right over and over and over again. And you need to have a system in place to do that. You know, it's, I mean, we've all sold a care plan when we were learning a script and we didn't really probably weren't making sense, but the people were buying no matter what. And it's sort of that analogy. So what we found out, and it, it varies on the position, but the first thing is we've got to look at, at the role that you have available. And there's a lot of variants. And again, Dr. Mark will get on and go through all these details, but on a high level, it should be noted that nobody's a unicorn. You tend to be a unicorn when you own a practice because you have to, because it's on you, because all the loan notes and the mortgage payments and the providing for everybody. So you just figure it out. But our data shows us that on the high end, it's 20%. It's probably more of 15% of the profession are really hardwired to be entrepreneurs and business owners. And so you've got this big pool of chiropractors, 75, 80%, maybe 85%. This was never their motivation. They didn't go to school thinking, I'm running a business as soon as I get out. That's kind of a slap in the face and a reality they come to terms with. So if you've got this 80% that you know got into this profession for some reason, they're attracted to it. Usually I think it's because they want to help people. They want to be healers. They like that it's different than being a medical doctor. You know, I really don't come across docs anymore with that old thing of they couldn't get into medical school, so they become chiropractors. I know that's an old knock on us, but I don't see that. I think most chiropractors are attracted to being a chiropractor for the lifestyle, for we're kind of this cool, we're almost, Pete, to me, what doctors were probably in the 20s or the turn of the century. Like we become, we've become, we're now because of insurance, nobody has the same primary care physician. We're the trusted family doctor. I mean, and I know you saw that in your practice and your clients see that. So anyhow, most chiropractors are wired for that, to be great caregivers, great healers. They're great at their craft. They're amazing adjusters. And they really like to know that they're doing things right, that they're you know following rules and regulations put forth by the state board. 
you know, these people are usually really great at their notes. They tend to love analytical systems. They love both of adjusting systems, things, you know, there's all kinds of them, CBP, Gonstead, Torque Release, you know, but most of these people really do like, there's a structure to their technique of how they're applying it, how they're assessing people. That's really what the care plan's built around. So you get this person with all these gifts and talents, and then we get in this weird position where the owner is really pissed at them because they're not performing, because they don't go out and do a screening or a talk and have the, or have the close rate that the owner did, you know, because they didn't quite see as many, adjust as many people as the owner did, and that you're missing a huge component of what a stable business is. And so we've got to measure that. And I guess that's the simple end to this is all of these things are measurable. What people don't realize is there's a very high level of assessments that they cost. So our license, I don't share this usually, but our license costs $100,000 to purchase, to, to do this work. And so, and then we can actually sell licenses into usually a company that's 3 million or higher, which most chiropractic offices aren't. So chiropractors have never had access to this level of assessment. And it really is a different level. I mean, in four minutes, the amount of the 25 pages of data you get on a person that tells you, you know, how they see themselves outwardly, how they see themselves inwardly, we get these measurements on where their level of stress is. In other words, how far are they deviating from how they're hardwired or how close are they in their wheelhouse? And I, you know, one of the analogies is we've all had the experience of hiring somebody. We got emotionally connected to them. They seemed like the best person ever. And three months later, you're like, where was that person I interviewed? This is not the same person. Well, you know, we're able to see that before we ever sit down for an interview. And if you're operating at a CEO level, you're now appreciating your people are your best investment. You're going to invest more money into them long-term than even real estate you might buy the building for the practice in, you know, in their salaries and in their pay. So you've got to make sure that you get this right. And it starts with defining what we call the avatar. So what's the position? Where are they on the team? Are they in the front of the house as a CA, as a check-in or check-out CA? Are they back as a tech CA? Are they in the back office helping run, you know, insurance or data or stats are they collecting from people or keeping people on track for programs? Are they a office manager, an integrator who's, you know, maybe firing team members or holding people accountable at least? Are they op- in charge of running operations if the owner's not there? And then, of course, the other side with the associate doctors. What are they doing? What do you, are you wanting them to, to provide care? Are you wanting them to help build the business? And you've got to pick, you know, nobody's everything. Even those of us who are owners who pretend we're everything, we can all admit we have our weaknesses and you know, there's the things you're really great. And that's what your CEO program is about. Like, let's get you over here into stuff that you're naturally great at that doesn't take a lot of energy. And let's get these things that you've done, but you've grinded on them just because you had to off of your plate. And so anyways, typically hiring is one of those things. And what we found is if we can build that avatar and then use this data to really analyze. Another big one for us we measure is burnout. Pete, we can tell right away if somebody's shifting how they're innately wired to be somebody else. And it's amazing how fast that just fries people. Like they burn out so quick. Another trait that is really interesting to me is there's different energy styles, we call them. So there's people who are really good at starting things. I mean, right out of the gate, like they're the kinds of people you kind of want to just keep putting on new projects and they're good at that and they're fueled by that. But then there's other people who their word is their bond. And we call that, they're really, allegiance is the energy type. 
And if they say they're doing it, they're doing it. And then there's other people who are, we combine two words, steadfast and tenacious. So we call it stenacity. And that is actually the classic COO. And it's a hard trait to find is people with very high tenacity measurement. My analogy, Pete, is if you've got the visionary who, who conceptualizes the airplane, it's now the, the person with high tenacity, the engineer, the COO, the architect who spends the next five years working on every single system to make sure that aircraft is in top shape. So, you know, the vision, they're not the one that designed it, but they're the ones who are going through, they're in the weeds day in, day out, watching the systems, measuring it. And we can measure and assess that, you know, immediately and know where this person's sitting on that trait. And then another one for me, I realized, because our model is having docs run autonomously their own clinic under the umbrella of our system, loyalty. I mean, there's just, you know, I I don't want to wake up wondering if they made it in on time. I'd like to want to be with me long-term if I've set up an arrangement that's a win-win situation. I don't have to motivate that person because, again, they're they're wired for the opportunity that we have. So there's a whole higher level that it's really, I think, what made our business model unique is there's four of these types of assessments where you can go buy a license and in the cheapest levels, maybe $7,000. If you're not hiring regularly, it makes no sense for a chiropractor. But the model that we use with the pro scans, we're able to come in and give access to a chiropractor in a very affordable way as part of our placement package. And so we actually have another division of chiromatchmakers, Pete, called Ideal Team. And it's amazing. We, we do staffing all over the world. And over and over and over, we have people in the tech industry and the restaurant industry, construction industry, other healthcare providers who've used traditional recruiters and staffing agencies. And, you know, they're charging typically 20 to 30% of the first year salary is very standard. So when we show up and just to be transparent for job, the way we do our pricing outside of chiropractic is considerably more than what we charge chiropractors. So our placements are 10 to 15,000. But when you're placing a true COO, a $250,000 salary, that's typically a $75,000 commission back to the staffing agency. We're doing this placement for $15,000 and we're using these assessments that they've never seen before or their HR department uses them internally. Nobody's ever used these to hire. So it's become our special sauce. We don't just kind of, a lot of staffing agencies will have like some kind of a disc or something to kind of show they did a test. But we truly, we, once we build that avatar, it is the lens that every candidate comes through. And so our team is, we have this whole applicant tracking system that's really cool. We've got these AI bots that go out. So we're scrubbing anybody who's in a region who's applied for a job in the past, who's posted for job. We're reaching out to them through, it's just really cool technology. And then when they respond, we're immediately assessing to see if they're the right fit. On the CA side, we also use a cognitive tool. If you ever had a CA you hired and two weeks in, they're totally trained. And then the other end of the spectrum is, you know, six months in, you're like, we've been over this eight times and you're acting like it's the first time we've ever talked about it. You can measure that up front. So our intention is to, what we found is people stay in the role when they're the right fit. And so our job is to deliver three, four, five people who on paper are exactly the perfect avatar for the role using all this data. Our team's just sifting hundreds and hundreds of resumes and going through assessments, cognitive, behavioral, posting everything. So that, you know, if that's not your expertise, why you know, run the numbers, the average job, you might spend 20, 30 hours hiring. Doc, what could you earn in 20, 30 hours doing what you're supposed to be doing instead of trying to save 
a few bucks. And most CEOs get that, Pete. They don't, they recognize where their value is. And so if they can move this off and have somebody else come do it. And then our track record speaks for itself. It's really remarkable at, and we've really been ramped up on this for three years, but we're getting up over like 80% of our placements are there. You know, I don't know. We don't have to do a timeline because we haven't been doing it that long, but these people stay is the bottom line. And now when you've got a team that buys into your vision, you're not having to replace regularly. They're staying with you. It provides stability. It provides reproducibility. And it is the keystone to scaling up your business. It looks so bad when your front desk is revolving and you're having to constantly train people on the basics versus being able to come to a TRP seminar when they've been through two cycles, retention, attraction, team building, you know, and now they're getting this ninja level. It's just, there's a huge chasm in that. So anyways, that's uh, sorry. I felt like I just ran on for a while talking about, I get excited about this stuff. (laughs) Okay. Let's take a quick break and talk about Cairo matchmakers. Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the right person for the job. If you're looking to hire the ideal chiropractic assistant, Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the specific person missing from your team so that you can get back to using your talents to serve more people. Or if you're looking to hire the ideal associate doctor, CMM can help. Cairo Matchmakers helps chiropractors like you find the ideal associate doctor to unlock your practice potential and get you the freedom that you desire. To learn more, go to chiromatchmakers.com. And now let's jump right back into our conversation. No, you captivated us in what you're saying. And I think that all the CEOs who are listening greatly appreciate you, Alan, and and what you and Cairo Matchmakers are doing. Maybe you've never heard of Cairo Matchmakers before and you're listening to this. This is an organization that exists to serve you as a CEO. You know, a couple of things that we always teach to you CEOs, you've heard us say this on the podcast is CEOs make decisions. It's one part gut, two parts data, right? And that includes hiring. And the beautiful thing about CMM, Cairo Matchmakers, is that you're able to collect data that otherwise we wouldn't be able to collect that. You just wouldn't be able to have it. Those other tools or tests uh, that are out there, which are, are good in their own right, don't give you the data that, that you're describing here, which is one of the things that I love and how you've really set yourself apart and would distinguish yourself from what these other assessments are and why it's so powerful. And the other thing you talked about is people stay in the role when they are the right fit. And I don't know how many of you who are listening right now is if that's kind of stimulating you a little bit, but that to me is one of the most important things is you know being able to you know, the cost of hiring a new person versus the cost of retaining, just like with a new patient, the, the cost of acquiring a new patient versus keeping an existing patient. I think it's somewhere in like the four X range, maybe it's even more. I think yeah. the numbers of, of hires, you, you probably have all the exact numbers of what it costs. Yeah. We're talking in the tens of thousands of dollars uh, up into the hundreds of thousands of dollars of cost, like you said in your example with your practices. So the cost far exceeds the investment to get this right. And as a CEO, again, it's all about staying in your lane. That's what we talk about. It's all about getting the right people in the right roles, doing the right work the right way. And if you can systematize it, that creates scalability. Well, there's a system that exists. There's a model. And that's what you have done, Alan, and and the team at CMM. And while we're so proud in TRP and in the remarkable CEO to be able to work with an organization like you so that the doctors that we get to work with have access to the people 
that they really need to have access to so they can build these remarkable teams. So Alan, I know we could keep going. Oh, hey, you have one more. Yeah. Yeah. Say, yeah. Just one thing that came to mind is a lot of your clients have gone through and done assessments of their team, but if you haven't, please do. And particularly this, the owner, because we do measure, as I alluded to, are you a fact-based decision maker or a feeling-based decision maker? And it sounds good to say two parts data, one part feeling, but knowing how you're wired will help you understand a potential weakness. Because if you're a feeling-based decision maker, you can hear that, but it's still coming from gut. And if you're a solid fact-based decision maker, you want data and stats and the more, the better, but you need to give some heed to that gut side of it. So anyways, knowing yourself and a lot of times people just hire us to look at the existing team so that they can plan ahead you know, whenever they do hire, knowing in, in what happens in chiropractic PD is we tend to hire the same people. So the biggest deficiency on teams is you're missing some people with other behavioral traits because everybody's kind of the same. And so having those insights, even if you're not hiring, can set you up so that you're starting to look ahead and plan ahead for who's that next strategic person as you guys are growing. So, so one action step, you know, that some of the CEOs who are listening today could do is potentially set up an assessment, have themselves get assessed, maybe assess their current team. If they're in the position where they're maybe looking to hire, maybe then this is something that they can go down. So Alan, I'll make sure that as part of this episode, that there's a link to the CMM website. Is there any other information that you'd want to include? Chiromatchmakers.com no, and the phone number's there and our, our phone system will lead you to who you need to talk to. And the website will lead you to who you need to talk to. So we'd love to help. It's we're chiropractors. We're in this. And you know what I love about chiropractic and why I love being associated with TRP is we're a small ecosystem. So if you do good work, then you're rewarded for that. And you know, we're in this for the long haul. We're not going anywhere. Our sales cycle now averages a year. So we'll talk to somebody, you know, you don't hire all the time. So a lot of times people will hear about us on a podcast like this and it's maybe a year later that they remember this. So we're here to serve. We're honored to be doing it alongside you guys, Pete. And I love the work that you're doing. This is what changes the profession out of this whole eating our young, beaten up associate doctors. You have to go out on your own and it creates a bitterness. If we get all this right, everybody wins. And uh, that's a great thing. You've said it. And I think we can end on that great note. And hey, guys, this is the beginning of a series we're going to be launching here in the next few weeks. So make sure you continue to tune into the following episodes of this podcast where we're going to be interviewing and meeting with Dr. Mark Mao. And we're going to be digging into the associate doctor relationship and how to find and, and hire and, and recruit and then onboard and even retain. We're going to get into the whole associate doctor relationship and how to do that well. Then we'll be meeting with Adriana, who's from the Cairo Matchmakers team and talk about the associate or I'm sorry, the CAs in the business and how to get CAs hired and finding the right people and putting them in the right roles so that they stay. Uh, that's going to be an awesome conversation. You're going to love that. And then we're going to talk with another expert as well, Dr. Jeff Lang made about getting the, the locum relationship, which is another amazing dynamic that's maybe more common in other regions of the world, maybe less in North America. We're going to be talking about that and uh, what that's going to look like here as this becomes more common in the years to come here in North America and around the world. So we've got some exciting episodes, so continue to tune in here. This is our team building series this month of October 2020, so we're so happy to be uh, journeying with you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Look forward to uh, being with you again next time. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. 
And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.